Welcome to Stiefel's Investment Strategy Brief, a monthly recap of the macroeconomic and market environment. Well, greetings and welcome to the Sightlines Podcast. This is Michael O'Keefe, Stiefel's Chief Investment Officer. You know, we're going to talk about the midterms uh, today. And in some ways, I think of the midterms as the first uh, next step, really, in a progression of things we think we're going to see over the next 6 to 12 months that will help us find balance, more balance, and with that, maybe calmer markets. Um, so let's jump into, anyway, this uh, episode really on the uh, 2022 midterm elections. And it's really anchored on a webinar that I did uh, just this week with Stiefel uh, Chief Washington Policy Strategist Brian Gardner. And uh, and I invite you, I'm going to try to have the link to the replay put into the uh, notes here for the the. Um, uh, to the po- this podcast episode, so check it out if you'd like. But let me give you the, the kind of the takeaways uh, from from our session. I guess starting with the uh, the race, if you will, for the midterms. It's obviously all about Congress, and when we look at what's happening, basically Brian has a view that uh, that really uh, Republicans should take the House. So that it's just a very sort of uh, small margin um, that the Democrats have in terms of uh, majority there, 221 seats uh, against a majority uh, sort of a level of 218, right? So just, uh, I guess, a total of four seats, if you count that 218th, um, uh, over majority. And so it's a very thin margin. When you look back at the um, at history, essentially the minority party typically uh, wins back House seats in the midterms, and the average is let's say around twenty seven. So, gosh, if if uh, if this election is anywhere close to that, um, then the Republicans will have a you know reasonable majority coming out of this election. Now, uh, people wonder, well, what you know, what's going on? What's driving the sort of the the mindset of, of voters? Um, and so, you know, there's obviously lots and lots of polls and things that are done to un- try to understand that. Uh, so one is really the president's approval rating. So think of it as a reaction to the current administration, uh, one way or the other. And right now, the uh, president, so President Biden's approval rating is at around 43% last I looked. So it's pretty low. I think equally important, maybe... Um, or actually with that, I should say, to start, um, essentially 66% of the people responding to that survey described the country as on the quote-unquote wrong track. So, you know, again, I think people are, are, are sort of frustrated. In any event, what, there's also polling that gets done really around the uh, the idea of, well, what's on voters' minds? And, and essentially the top list of items that people consider to be the top issues that the country is facing uh, include inflation, the economy, immigration, and crime. And uh, when asked, well, which of these will sort of influence your vote, take, for example, inflation or crime, 95, 96% of voters, at least those that are polled, are saying, hey, th- those are going to weigh in on my vote. And of course, we have a high inflation environment and crime is on the rise. So those are sort of signals that we could see a shift uh, in control of the House of Representatives with the midterms, and that will lead us, obviously, to um, a um, uh, ultimately a divided government. Now, there's been a lot going on in terms of uh, 
you know, the, the, the Roe v. Wade uh, issue with the Supreme Court and, and things like the January 6th House hearings, and, and polls have moved around a bit. They tend to be moving right now uh, back, uh, they've gone back sort of in favor of Republicans, but they're going to move around again. You know, we've got just under three weeks uh, left before the midterms. But anyway, that's the way uh, Brian is sort of sizing up the House. Um, as it relates to the Senate, it's a bit more of a toss-up. Uh, so I, I think he puts, um, you know, just a, a, a small probability on Republicans, uh, or maybe it's more like 50-50. Just think of it as a, as a toss-up, I think, is the way he's, he's thinking about it. So anyway, that's, that's sort of the control uh, of Congress. Um, now, what, what's going to happen? Let's say the House flips. Then we'll have, you know, a lame duck session before the next Congress, um, and, and that means that the Democrats are going to try to get some things done, right? So the, the lame duck section, se- session will actually be pretty active. It, can, it will include a budget. Uh, they may go for some tax reforms. They may go for some uh, legislation for energy permitting. And then, you know, they'll try to take advantage to get as many judicial appointments uh, done as possible during that short window of time. Uh, now, uh, if... Uh, Republicans do control the House starting in 23, then we'll have a more traditionally divided government. And that means, really, in today's world where things are so polarized, very little will get done. There's certain things that are are required, like budgets, and other things that have we've seen to be a bit bipartisan, a good example being antitrust. But all of that will still be really hard fought, right? So that there, there's just a lot of sort of tension and stress, if you will, uh, between the parties in today's in today's environment. Now, Brian did highlight um, basically individual races to watch closely. So I won't go through all the details, but just at a high level, there are four Democratic seats in play, um, Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, and New Hampshire uh, have seats in play that are held by the Democrats, and they're kind of a toss-up. Same thing on the Republican side. So Republican seats that uh, are sort of up for grabs and a bit of a toss-up are in North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And so, um, anyway, you think of it as Brian sort of identifying things he's going to watch, and in the webinar we go into a little bit of detail on what he's looking for um, and, uh, and you know, what to be watching for, if you will, on Election Day into that evening and into the next day. Um, now, um, we it, it's important, you know, to remind ourselves that the, uh, the polls and all this kind of thing, you know, a lot of times things swing in, a, in a, a direction different than anticipated by the polls. And so, for example, if the Democrats end up keeping control of Congress, maybe strengthening their control, then we could see that them feeling like, okay, they have the people's mandate. They could move to eliminate the filibuster. That would give them sort of the ability to pursue elements of Build Back Better that have not yet been focused on. Uh, So a a bit more sort of work, if you will, and effort uh, on a a lot of the uh, agenda items that they've had uh, and and have yet to be successful at in terms of implementing. And so um, that's in play. And then, of course, if we do see a recession next year, which uh, is certainly a, a pretty good possibility, then we should expect some fiscal response, some fiscal stimulus legislation, um, uh, hopefully by then inflation will have calmed down. Now, the I guess the punchline, or not the punchline, but the conclusion, at the conclusion of the webinar, I asked Brian one final question. I said, look, you know, 
we're just two years away from the presidential election of 24. So what are you seeing? Who do you think will ultimately represent each party? And I was a little surprised that his, his answer was quick and, and very definite. And that is he believes that we'll see a repeat of 2020, the 2020 election. Uh, his logic is that President Trump is signaling and sort of that he's itching to run again, um, almost like to make up for the loss of, of 2020. And if that ultimately happens, if he announces, then that gives President Biden uh, encouragement uh, to run as well uh, because he's confident that he's the best candidate to beat Trump. That, that's Brian's logic. So again, we'll obviously have a lot to talk about between now and 2024, but uh, that was sort of the, the final question that I asked uh, Brian. So listen, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Um, you know, again, I, I'll, I'll try to make sure the team puts a link to the webinar replay in the notes for the um for the uh, this episode uh, and invite you to check it out. Otherwise, we will be back to you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Stiefel's Investment Strategy Brief. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to automatically receive each month's podcast in your feed.